0: Welcome back to the Master of None podcast where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast as well as informing as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax and listen and enjoy the show. Welcome back and today we're going to be talking about probably one of the biggest travel conspiracies or things to be aware of, and that's traveling to Paris. So you might be saying, Zach, why are you talking about this? Everybody wants to go to Paris, see the Eiffel Tower, have a croissant under the Eiffel Tower, experience pity, have some steak frites, a little bit of onion soup, but I'm here to tell you one thing. Paris in my opinion and maybe opinion of others potentially is a lie and it's really coming to the simple fact that is paris overrated now i've talked to many world travelers about this i myself have traveled to quite a bit of countries um traveled to quite a bit of countries in europe asia south america central america i've been around the block i've even touched foot in africa okay well, there is a TikToker by the name of Melflor Draco, okay? And his TikTok is blowing up. And you might be like, why are you talking about this TikTok? Because I want you to realize one thing. This person put out a TikTok and had th- th- 33 million views and 5 million likes. And it's because he's exposing the truth. He is a truth seeker. And I'm going to go ahead and play the audio of this TikTok so you can get a feel for what he's saying. Y'all save all y'all money, all y'all lives to come here. Hmm. <laughs> Let me be the one to break your bubble. First of all, Paris stink. It smelled like piss, cheese, and armpits. Child the damn pigeons was crazy. And ain't nothing to do but eat at cafes. You will see a cafe on every corner because there's no activities here and the food is so mid. That's why there's hella fast food, American fast food chains, because their food don't taste like shit. And that shit looked grimy as hell. Paris looked grimy as hell and dungeon, post-apocalyptic, everywhere you go, it was graffiti. The buildings weren't inviting. They weren't welcoming. It was actually a horror sight to see like this was shocking to me they will never show you that this is what Paris really looks like in the Eiffel Tower child this was the trail to the Eiffel damn tower this was the most hype shit I've ever seen outside of this tower ain't shit to do you might be thinking to yourself that's pretty extreme but I'm here to tell you in my opinion I can honestly say no it's not it's true okay You might love Paris, and if you love Paris, you probably shouldn't listen to this podcast because I don't want to upset you, but if you don't love Paris, you're going to want to listen to this podcast, and we can all share the simple fact that we all think Paris is overrated, and here is why. I could give you a multitude of things, and I probably will throughout this podcast, but first of all, I want to focus on something that people never talk about, and it makes me very frustrated. Because when I went to Paris, I was like, you know what? Maybe it's just me. Maybe for some reason I'm weird. Because I went to Paris and after traveling to London, been to Milan, been to all over Italy, been to Spain, been to all last, where else did I go? Went to a couple other places in Italy, in Europe. And I was like, you know what? Showing up to Paris, I was like, why is, why do I feel like I've been robbed here? And do you guys know that there is something called Paris Syndrome? Google it, I promise you. And this is what Paris Syndrome is. Paris Syndrome is a sense of extreme disappointment exhibited by some individuals when visiting Paris who feel that the city was not what they had expected. The conditions commonly viewed as a service from a culture shock. Look, y'all you know, I've lived in remote regions. I've been in Peace Corps. I knew what to expect. But going into freaking Paris was a real eye opener. And it was an eye opener for me because it's not like I didn't enjoy it. I saw the sites. I, I looked at the, the culture, the concepts, and historically, you know Paris has a lot to offer. When you look at the stories about Paris, when you Go there for history, but if you're going like if you're going to Paris for history, you want to see the Louvre, you want to learn about the town, how it's created, it's founding, going back to all the way to the Romans, that's great. Like there's there, you know, even the architecture is interesting about the city, and it's really a city of how a metropolis has adapted over time. In my opinion, that's really what Paris is, you know, how they created their how they built their buildings the fires that took place, the, the French Renaissance, the church. Historically, it has so much to offer, and, and I, I, I honestly stand by that. But when you break down the food, when you break down the food, Lord, I honestly cannot really tell you what I experienced. In that TikTok, the gentleman indicated that all there's just all these cafes and bistros, and I have never eaten as many cheeseburgers in my life as I did in France and sp- specifically Paris, you know you go there with a sense of like what is it going to be and here you'd think a culture having so much historical context would create phenomenally good dishes and some people might be like maybe you tried the wrong ones and that's true maybe I did but the the experience I had was one where I left really just what is happening here you could eat your snails okay snails eat your snails. But why why snails? You know, it's like, you know, if I was to tell you, like, what is the best countries to go to to eat food? I'm going to go ahead and put China up there. I ate so many delicious meals in China and they had a certain genocide, if you will, about the food they were able to put in flavoring. You could get anything. They can make rice with anything. You think about the noodle, you think about how they grilled meats. They have everything you want in this country. When you go to Paris and you ask for a steak frieze, they don't even grill the steak. They bake it in a strange sauce. And then you think about the French fries or the potatoes or whatever they are, and they're overcooked. They're crispy. They've been under a lamp, dried out. Like there's no corazón, no thon in the food. You know, they don't put the heart and soul into their food. I experienced a couple of cafes where I thought it was incredible, but not across the board. It's like I'm going to go out on a limb here and say bangers and mash. Okay. Bangers and mash as a food could stand up to almost anything that the French in Paris specifically try to put up to it. And I would say that food, which I love bangers and mash, is a food that I look at and I'm like, that's a staple. Okay. That is something that is unique. Okay. English breakfast, unique. Right. What do the French have? A croissant? It's like it's a flaky piece of bread, and when you eat it, it falls on you. And then you have to go places with it on you, you know? And it's like the Italians have espresso and delicious foods. You know, we can break down the Italians. Everybody knows why the Italian food is great, from the freaking ice cream all the way to the spaghetti, whatever. The sandwiches, even the espresso, awesome. Spanish, I mean, really, the Spanish got papaya. I'm sorry, they don't got papaya. They have their, you know, their, I am drawing a blank. They have their lunch meats. You know, if you have never been to Spain, they love lunch meat there. It's probably not even called lunch meat. It's probably just called, I'd call it deli meat, you know, and they have like an actual leg and they'll carve like salami off a leg, which is really interesting. And then they have their little tapas, which isn't bad. But all in all, it still has some culture, some some nuance to it. When you go to France, I'm sorry. And and I'm going I'm going to go a little bit further here and and if I lose listeners, I lose listeners, okay? I'm I'm going to stand by this cross. I had Italian wine. I drank Italian wine. I drank it in the vineyards. I traveled through the mountains of Tuscany and it was incredible. I love Spanish wine. The French one I tried I, you, you I, I wouldn't have known you blind you could have blind tested me I wouldn't have known once again it's just the thing about f- French culture is it feels like it's already good enough and has nothing to prove and I think that is the issue there's not that gritty like there's not this gritty concept where they're like you know what you're to France I'm trying to show you why France is the best they're Like France is already the best and I'm like the only thing I can really think of when I hear that uh, is the Sacre bleu Sacre bleu Look, and I'm not trying to just gang up on Paris and put together a a, a negative synopsis, being this kind of negative American who just is, like, trying to dog on it. But, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Did did my family fight in the World War for Paris? Yeah, they did. You know, you think when you show up there and there's that situation, there. You know, I don't even know where I'm going with that one. But it is weird, though. I'm sorry, but like whenever you have ancestors that go to other countries and fight there and potentially die, y'all should at least get a discount because that should be a thing. And, And you may not share that thought, but there's something there. I'm not the only one that thinks that, you know, and if we look at Paris and I'm not trying to say anything negative about France as a whole. I'm sure there's phenomenally great French people. I wish I was able to go to the countryside and that's on me. I think if I look inward at this situation, had I went to the countryside, I probably would have got a different perception of French culture, French food, how things work, the pairing. And I probably think Paris is one of the most traveled to, if not most tourist cities in the world. And everything has probably been homogenized, right? In order to create a certain environment in which people feel comfortable. I will say, and this is going to be a little bit of a hot take here, but whenever we look at the food in Paris, one, thing, one aspect of the food I thought was amazing was actually culturally it is so similar to the food you get in different cultures. Like in America, what happens is people have to take the food and put it into an American palate, add more sugar, and do these things like this. But I actually went to a restaurant, a Chinese Sichuan restaurant within China. I spent three, month, um, three months in Sichuan, two years in China, so I have a pretty good feel of the food. And that food was spot on, and I could not believe it. It was it was like I was back in China. So I have to give it to that aspect of the culture. is They, they hold the line as it relates to cultural food. One positive thing about French culture, too, which I'm sure there's many. You know, I'm just giving you my perspective is that there is a sense of community there. I did go to an amazing CrossFit gym. I did do CrossFit, and the people were so nice. And appreciative i think it's called lacron crossfit it was there in paris the first one i went to the people were really standoff and cold and i got that french aspect of the culture now i've been to a lot of crossfit gyms and everyone has been amazing but in france i did go to a gym and they were like no you can't go to the classes there are too many people you didn't book right it's in french and then i went to this other gym Le lacron it was amazing the people were friendly they were engaging they spoke to me they made it so easily so if those if that is the level of French culture that I saw in that second CrossFit Gym, and if that is throughout the countryside in Paris, I will say there's phenomenal people there. And they're really gonna go go the inch. Now did I see it or go the mile, I should say, or the meter, depending on where you're at, you know, don't wanna don't wanna be open, not disclude any sense of measurements or any types of measurements. So here's my last Thoughts. If you're gonna to go to Paris, I'm sure it's gonna be incredible. The language is hard to master, and um I'm sure a lot of people love it. They enjoy the food, the culture, and, and that's great. But I think if you are looking to go to Europe for your first trip and you land on Paris, I would suggest looking at some different places, and I do have one suggestion for you. I would say it may be a good idea to check out Florence. Now you're probably like, okay, here's why. Whenever we look at the United States' palate as it relates to certain foods, Italy probably has the most influence. If we look at the spaghetti, the pastas, the pizzas, the sandwiches, all those things really are an easier cultural shift. So if you had kids and you wanted to travel and go to Europe, like the food would not be that different. The people are very opening and welcoming, and there's a lot of different things within um within italian culture that were great the people i met they were outgoing they were warm they were inviting i had phenomenal conversations the weather too you know paris is cold and rainy you know it does get warm within the summertime, time but getting the white the right weather room is important because the houses are dingy the, the the buildings are not inviting and a lot of them don't have elevators so if you're not spending a ton of money for a hotel you know you're you're gonna be surprised what you're spending. Like your money does not go as far for your housing, and if you did go to Italy, you get more for your you get more for your dollar as it relates to housing, food, and experience. And I think overall, you'll leave Italy with a good impression. You're gonna leave Paris, and you could potentially have Paris syndrome. And from my experience as well, Italians enjoyed Americans more than people from Paris. So. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been a Master None Podcast, and we'll get back to you tomorrow.